Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett with I Said Shut Up, a podcast where I ramble about things, and I have finally done it. Ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, I'm back at the gym. I, I, I took a long layoff. Partly it was laziness. You know, you know what? Let's face facts. Mostly laziness, but also some self-pity. You know, I long-time listeners of the podcast. I mean, what are we in episode 27 now? Something like that? 27, 28? Can't remember. Long-time listeners of the podcast, they, they know that I've got a bone thing. My bones are barely bones. They are dust. I have bone dust. It's like stardust, but in bone form. And, uh... I thought maybe we were gonna get some le- get some headway on is that the right phrase I'm looking for? We would make some progress. All right, that's what I mean. I I thought we'd make some progress. Mean the doctors about getting rid of whatever it is that's ailing me. But you know, you know these appointments, man. They take so fucking long, so long. The appointments. And uh, tried not to swear, but now look at this. We're only a minute in, and I've already said fucking. So that's out the fucking window. All right, I'll stop now. But uh, these appointments, they take so long that I finally just said, you know what, it's time to go back to the gym. You know, I didn't really just say, finally, it's time to go back to the gym. I just got disgusted with myself. I'm just I'm sitting on the couch, and my gut is growing exponentially. Ladies and gentlemen, exponential gut growth. It is unbelievable. Like I'm not I'm not an overweight man and yet like I'm just I'm getting that soft ring that I just like back fat almost. You know, it's it's just I can't it will not stand. All right? I I cannot let this happen. I bones or no bones, I'll be careful at the gym. But I, uh, I got I got, I'm back on the treadmill, you know, which is uh, just I don't like that that much. But you gotta, you gotta get rid of the fat. It's just a, like one of my friends. He's, um, he's a dietitian, and they say that unfortunately, uh, it's way less than five percent of people ever lose weight and keep weight off. And um, what they actually preach in the Canadian Dietetics Society uh, when they go to their conferences is acceptance. Acceptance of uh, obese persons. I think I've said that politically correctly. Obese persons. They, and they should be accepted. You shouldn't be judging people on their level of obesity. You should judge them on their religious views. <laughs> you know? No, you should... No, but I'll tell you what you can judge them on is whether or not they wear fucking shoes at the gym. I'll get back to the obesity thing in a second, but this just, I'm at the gym today on the treadmill and some fucking guy just walking or some just old white man walking back from from the, what do you call it, the yoga room, the aerobics room. There's like a, a room where people do that type of shit. I almost called it the ladies room, but that's not right. All right, 2017, lots of people, and you should be doing yoga, and it should be a co-ed thing, so it's not the ladies' room. You know, that's old, that's that that type of talk. Locker room talk, as Donald Trump would say. There's no, there's no 
room for that in 2017, Mark Bennett. And no, he was coming from the aerobics room and just waddled out in his fucking feet. Just just his gleaming white feet walking. He's just in the common area of everything. Like you're walk it's one okay, so you're in there, you're doing some yoga, you you take your shoes off, you you expose your gross feet. All right, fine. One of the reasons, by the way, I don't do yoga with people because that's disgusting but that's one thing but then to walk from that room and then just saunter about it's not like he went straight to the locker room that would be bad enough but just walking around doing his own thing getting a drink of water you know going over doing some abs it's like put on some fucking shoes who do you who do you think you are yeah gandhi put on some goddamn shoes i just Fuck's sakes. It's just so gross. And it's just, I know that that old bastard is running around picking up every fucking foot disease and fungus on the planet. Because if this is how he's operating in the world, that's what he's got on his gross feet. And then he's just spreading that shit all over the place. And if I'm in the locker room and now I need to take a shower, I got to go step on the floor that this fucking just this canister of bacteria that is this man and I'm picking up like I tell you what you it, it's my brother almost lost a toe thanks to foot fungus or a toenail I can't remember it was something that he picked up at the fucking gym and I've had uh, one planter's wart in my life and it was because my foot touched the gym floor for one fucking second I try to stand on my socks you know and if I and if I'm gonna go get wet then I'll I got I have shower shoes. That's right. Shower shoes. And I stand by it. I don't care what I look like. I I will not expose my feet to what that fucking guy brought into our locker room. God damn it. Just come on. I don't tell me you don't have shoes. You came in from outside. I know you have shoes. It's just it's bad enough. I hear a lot of comedians that talking about sitting next to someone on the on the airplane and they're with their stinking feet because the guy's wearing sandals right next to him. And it's true that that annoys me too. You always got to be showing your feet everywhere. But that's one thing. But at least there's something there. At least at least these guys, even though you can see their gross feet, they're wearing sandals. They're not just tracking disease all over the place. You know. Although I don't know how those people go. To urinals that actually makes me really grossed out they say if you're if you're a man wearing sandals don't go to a urinal because you'll feel the splashes of pee from the people next to you onto your feet and while that is obviously extraordinarily disgusting it makes you realize that just because you're wearing pants and shoes and shit they're you're getting flecks of pee all over you all over your all over your jeans you know, your your Doc Martens. If you if you're someone who loved grunge in the early nineties. You know? With your with your uh woolen socks. They used to always do that. They'd wear the Doc Martens and the woolen socks and it's the summertime. You know, just fucking look you can like Kurt Cobain if you wanna. I liked Kurt Cobain. You why you making why you making your feet so warm? You know? Anywho.
Yeah, I got off on a little diatribe there about uh, people not wearing their shoes at the gym. But what I was talking about was obesity. All right, the epidemic of obesity that has gripped the Western world. And uh, so the diet dietitians they preach acceptance, and and so they should because the scientific data from since going back to like the fifties. There is no refuting it. People, when they gain weight, they stay at that weight. I guess the thing is, like, people are thinking, oh, if you get obese, if you get fat, then you're going, and then you try to lose weight, you'll do that yo-yo thing. It's just not really what they're talking about. What they're talking about is whatever weight you get to, you're pretty much that weight now, forever. So very few people take off weight and keep it off. To any significant degree. So I don't want it to get to the point where, because I know me, I'm not one of those five percenters. I mean, five percent is still a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. If you're out there and you're a little overweight and you're listening to me and you're getting down, you're, you're like, Mark, I tuned in to have a little smile, to have a little laugh so I could laugh at you, Mark, and your shitty life. You know, now you're bringing me down? Just because I, I eat a box of donuts a day? No, I'm saying that there's still lots of people. 5% of 7 billion people? That's like uh, 6 billion people. You know, it's a lot of people. Let me just say, I can't do the math. I'm not pulling out my phone to do that right now. But you can do that at home. You can do that right now. Or, or maybe you can do it in your head. I don't know. Probably you can. 7 billion people, 5% of that. A lot of a lot of people. So, but I know I'm not one of them. I'm not one of those people who can just pull themselves up by the bootstraps and do something almost nobody else can do. You gotta accept who you are. And I know who I am. I'm 39 years old. That's the best part about getting older, ladies and gentlemen, is figuring out who in the hell you are. You just, I know me, and so this is one of the reasons. Like when I'm doing the podcasts or videos or or whatever, I'm I'm literally looking for a way that I can work hard. My my version of hard work. It has to be my version of hard work because I know myself. So if I become a 400 pound obese man, I know I'm not one of the three percent or sorry five percent of people who can pull off all that weight and keep it off. I am now 400 pounds for good. So right now, with this goddamn spare tire, you've heard me bleating on about it for 26 episodes now. Because it's it's difficult. I mean, the dietitians will tell you, so I can't let this get any further. I think I can stop this where it is, get a little bit better, and, and stay that way. So that's what I'm going to do. Getting back to the gym, standing there next to people and their gross feet. The gym fucking stunk today. Jesus Christ. I mean, I go to a reputable gym in uh, Canada here. It's a large chain, the big chain in Canada. I'm not going to say their name because I have disparaged some of their employees on previous podcasts. Ex-Beardy. He's Beardy again, by the way, for our longtime listeners. Beardy has grown his beard back. He realized that the beard was all he had when it came to physical fitness. You couldn't you just couldn't deny the fact that he had a beard. He was trying to do one of those Spartan beard things, I guess, maybe. Now, nah, maybe not that long, but it was a 
it was it was a, a formidable beard. And uh, once he shaved that, he realized, holy fuck, I bring nothing. I bring nothing to the table. He was in the in the uh, he was trying to, I think, turn over a new leaf. He had been hated so much at the gym, thanks to my podcast and uh, word of mouth at the gym that uh, he decided he was going to shave it off and start anew. Of course, everyone still hated him. In fact, everyone hated him more. The one thing that people agreed upon is that as shitty of a human as he is, he looked way better with a beard. So he's, he's, he's grown it back. I called him, uh, I said he was into the beardless protection program. You know, like, it's a play. Anyway. So he, he, he has his beard again. He was there today. He's not even polite anymore. He doesn't even say hi to me and pretend like he's trying to make up for the fact that we all had a huge fight. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen. I think episode six. I think episode six is the big one about Beardy and how it went down. It's still not totally resolved. Apparently, the um, the upper management has uh, contacted Nick, the bodybuilder, and I think Steve, the great Canadian athlete, I believe that they um, this is still happening. It's still going on. And uh, this also happened at the gym, speaking of those two guys. Steve shows Nick a... Um, some kind of story about a, how a guy got caught cheating on his wife with a hooker because he was texting her. And, uh, and Steve was showing Nick to say, can you believe this guy? What an asshole. I hate this guy. And uh, Steve's a very moral, upstanding Canadian athlete. And Nick noticed in the text message exchange of the story that the uh, man who was cheating on his wife spelled... Your, he was trying to, he, he was, he was, uh, trying to say you are, and he shortened it to your, but he didn't put the apostrophe R-E. He spelled it Y-O-U-R, and he did it consistently. And, uh, so Nick just lost his mind and said, you can tell what, how shitty of a human being he is because of that grammatical error. <laughs> to which, there's this, Steve found this equally funny and infuriating, as Nick was dead serious. So he was like, no, what makes him a shitty human being is that he cheated on his wife with a hooker. And um, not that cheating on your wife with anything is a good idea, but that's just the sentence he used. And uh, and Nick was like, no, no, it's because, look, he, sure, he's a shitty, so they were both, they were in agreement that the man was a shitty human being. But Nick felt that the, the larger uh, issue here was the man's grammar. So Steve found that to be, uh, he, could, he can't let it go. They are still talking. They talked about it for like two days. But here's the thing. What, here's what I took from the story. It's that what kind of fucking idiot is texting a hooker? Like this day and age, you like Tiger Woods, you know, he he wasn't even necessarily texting. I don't think I think he was just making phone calls, leaving messages, and had these people's numbers in his phone. Like, honest to God, like, I am not going to cheat on my wife. You know? She is going to cheat on me. No, I, I don't I don't plan to cheat on my wife. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to do it. I don't feel like I haven't. I'm 39 years old, and up to this point in my life, I haven't pursued that type of activity when I've been in a relationship. I just, I don't know. Part of it is just paranoia. 
you know, part of it is, of course, respect for the person I'm with. I also, I'm terrified of diseases. You heard my rant about the guy in the gym walking around with his bare feet. Imagine what I think of bare vaginas. You know, the amount of diseases. Because that's the thing is, if I'm with someone and the woman that is willing to have sex with me knowing I'm with someone, or even if she doesn't know I'm with someone, she's clearly having sex with me fairly easily because, you know, it's not like I can invest tons of time into this woman, you know, because I'm, I have another relationship going. So that type of woman is, is I, I am afraid she's going to be killing me with her AIDS vagina. I don't want it. And even if it's not something like HIV, you know, it's anything, herpes, uh, warts, uh, what it, ooze, any kind of ooze or itch or red bump. I don't want any of that shit. I just, I don't want it. And uh, I, I didn't, even when I was single, I felt like I, I was borderline asking women for medical reports, you know? And uh, really, how did you grow up? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your parents were there? Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. Could I uh, see some blood work? Just a uh, just little, little blood work? So, but the point is, while I'm not, I think, I think that I have uh, clarified this enough, right? That I am not this type of human being. I uh, justified myself thoroughly for the next part that I'm about to say, which is if I was going to cheat on my wife, text messaging on your cell phone or phoning them Tiger Woods on your, putting their numbers and contact information in your cell phone. Like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Are you, are you writing them on Facebook too? Jesus Christ. Cell phones, you could buy burner phones. Drug dealers know this shit. Watch the fucking wire. Watch an episode of The Wire and you will immediately be a much better cheater in life. The Wire isn't about cheating. It's about drug dealers. And they have burner phones. And they they toss these burner phones all the time. You know, because you don't, you, you can't have any kind of trail. You can't have a paper trail. You can't have a phone trail. Just buy your, go to fucking uh, Target. Buy yourself one of those all-inclusive, pay-as-you-go phones. Nobody will be the wiser. You just And then you got your cheating phone, you know? Or memorize. Memorize her fucking number. Give her a call from a payphone if they still exist. You know, just... You're not asked to borrow a stranger's phone. I just... I look. Why am I helping you assholes who want to go cheating? I'm just saying it's just so... So my... I do kind of agree with Nick a little bit that that it's indicative of what kind of human he is, not with the spelling. See, I have a whole, it's, for me, it's the getting caught with the text messaging. How fucking stupid. Like, these types of people, just, just, let's get rid of them. Can we just fucking get rid of these pieces of shit? If you can't cut it in the world, if you're not, you don't have enough balls to say to your wife that you don't want to be with her anymore, you know, and you just want to go cheating, I just, ah, fucking. Or if you don't want to leave your wife and you're too weak-willed to not bang some lady, and I'm saying this knowing who knows how life is going to go. I'm approaching midlife crisis status. 
I know that I could be very well talking about myself in the future, but I don't think so. And if I and if I am talking to future Mark Bennett, who does these types of dastardly deeds, then fuck you, future Mark Bennett. You are also a piece of shit and you need to be eliminated. Just walk yourself off a ledge of a building. Yeah, piece. Of, now, see, I can't even do that, actually, because I have a son now. And then, you know, as awful as as it is to go, you know, cheating on your wife with a hooker through text message. Well, not through text message, but getting caught through text message and spelling you, Y-O-U-R-E wrong. You know, you you still, you, you, if you have a child, you can't just go getting rid of yourself. You're just going to have to find a way. Now your wife, your ex-wife, I suppose, she'll have to deal with you. That's the thing about kids, you know, if you're with the wrong person and you end up with a kid, then you both, well, hopefully, anyway, the parents love the child and they want to at least be involved in the child's life, but the two parents have to now interact with each other for the rest of time. Like, I I know a few examples. You know, I'm not going to name any names. A few examples of... People who found out they were with the wrong person very shortly after a baby was born. And that is just, it's such a gross feeling for A, the child, and and B, the, that the, the non-offending parent has to now deal with this piece of shit other parent for the rest of their lives. Because they're attached, they will always be attached to that piece of shit because that piece of shit is the other parent of the child. Anyway, speaking of children, my child, who is, uh, he's just, he's just the best, guys. I don't want to brag, but uh, he's the greatest child who's ever lived. Just, he is, a, he's, he's, he's great, uh, which makes the decisions so hard. We're, of course, you know, we think a lot of the child, myself and my wife, Sarah, we uh we have to get we have to sign up for these daycares and i've talked about these daycares on this podcast before and uh we've had a lot of trouble deciding and we've decided not to go with the montessori not to go with the reggio emilia we're going with uh tiny explorers listen to the names of these places all right there's tiny explorers tiny bumblebees tiny tots uh you know, tiny, tiny tyrants. That's uh, they, they raise dictators at the tiny tyrants. And uh, we we went with tiny tiny explorers. I think it, I think that's the one. Yeah, we went with the one that's across the street from us. It's just practically speaking, it is the absolute best thing to do because the winter in Canada, if you don't know, it can be just fucking so cold. It. It can be minus 40 degrees. And then what? You got to like the We got to take the kid out, you know, ten, walk 10 minutes down the road or I have to drive him down the road. And it's just uh, at least across the street. It's so it's rated very highly and it, it's right there. But I tell you, I don't really want to send him to the daycare. But at the same time, I don't want to fuck him up either. You know, he, I, I want him to be socialized. I want him to be out. With the kids. But anyway, the fact is, for six months, 
I am going to be taking care of this baby while my wife is at work. And if we develop a really good routine and we like what we're doing and we've met some friends, maybe some other dads, you know, where we drink non-alcoholic beer, we hang out, you know, maybe we'll, um, maybe we'll decide not to send them to these fucking daycares, you know? It's just I think what like if I get writing jobs or 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 I have to go away for to do stand up and stuff. It's just it'd be nice to have a place for him to go, but these places are so fucking expensive. Anyway, I gotta hurry up this podcast along because I gotta go upstairs and watch Westworld with my wife and my wife's mother because we've been we we're into this now. My wife's not so much into it so much. She doesn't like sci fi or westerns. And this combines both. So my wife is sort of checked out. She's there scrolling on her phone. And then she occasionally, very annoyingly, pipes up. So wait, wait, what's going on? What's happening? And then we have to pause it and recap it for her. I guess it's not that annoying because I like recapping things. I do enjoy that. So um, this Westworld, I was also was asked by Hisham. Hisham, uh, the, the Egyptian, what, what can I call him? The Egyptian brick shithouse. And by the way, Hisham, that is a term. That's a good term. It means you're it means you're a big hulking mass built like a brick shit house. They, I find that that's a good for men. Sometimes I hear women. Someone, someone said that she's built like a brick shit house. Like, no, that's. I don't think that's a compliment to a woman at all. You know, unless that's what she's going for. But to a man, you know, the Egyptian brick shit house. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's. The Egyptian prison guard. That's what, because that's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of if you were in a prison, the guy standing outside the gate who's like, nope, you will never leave. That, that is, that's Hisham. Hisham, the prison guard. The guy's a, what? He's, the guy's like a fucking surgeon or something. The Egyptian surgeon. I don't know. Prison guard. I'm going to go with prison guard. I like that. So anyway, Hisham was asking me about what case that you're in entertainment. Uh, tell me some, some shows. And I, uh, it's, it's when people put me on the spot like that, I do find it hard to come up with. You, you immediately go to, okay, well, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, you know, Better Call Saul. That's because that's what everybody says. But uh, Westworld came came quickly because he already watches Game of Thrones and I was figuring if he likes Game of Thrones, he'll like Westworld. I didn't actually watch Westworld for a long time because a bit like my wife, I'm not super into um, that type of shit. You know, sci-fi uh, or Westerns, really. Although, I, I, of course, I like Deadwood. What am I, fucking crazy? Of course I like Deadwood. But um, it's... Like anything written really well, you get into it. Game of Thrones was the same thing. I rebelled against Game of Thrones. I mean, I don't like dragons or people who talk like, hello, oh, pray thee, what shall I do? Like, I fucking hate any of that shit. You know, costume. It looks like a big goddamn costume party. But Game of Thrones, Jesus Christ, I mean, the writing is just so good that you eventually, you're immersed in the world and you don't give a flying fuck anymore about all the pomp and circumstance and you just you're you're into it so uh we're watching this west world we're enjoying it better call saul is my favorite thing to watch on tv it's just so fucking it's so quiet and it's so slow but it's so good i just woo. 
And I mentioned The Wire earlier. I told Hisham he should watch The Wire, too, because even if you don't like it, at least you'll know what everyone was talking about. That's that's why I started watching The Wire, because I was just like, well, I, if, if I'm supposed to be a guy who works in TV or knows a bit about TV and I don't, I haven't seen The Wire, I should watch that. And it is extraordinarily good, of course. It's, um, although I lost interest, I think, season three. I don't know. Anyway, I know enough about it, right? I should start doing a segment on the podcast about about TV shows and movies. Oh, I tell you what, there's this new movie coming out. Uh, Edgar Wright uh, wrote it and directed it. If you don't know who Edgar Wright is, look him up. Edgar Wright, he's he did the um, the trilogy with uh, Simon Pegg. The so the Shaun of the Dead was the first one, and then Hot Fuzz was the second one, and then the third one was uh, The World's End. And um, so Simon Pegg stars in all of them, and Edgar Wright, he writes and directs all of them with Simon Pegg. Well, he wrote with Simon Pegg. He directs it himself. And um, he has written this new one called Baby Driver. I think it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And see, what Wright does better than any fucking body is... uh, there's no need to throw a curse in the middle of that word. Sorry. That's my Newfoundlander coming out. Um, what Wright does better than anyone is the the spoof. So, because he just, he, he makes, it's an homage to the genre he's spoofing uh, because it's it's actually good. Like the, okay, it, let's see if I can explain it this way. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is a zombie movie. And it's one of the best fucking zombie movies you'll ever see. But it's also a spoof of the entire genre. So it pays respect to the genre while being one of these meta, uh, you know, peel back the layers type of thing. He's so fucking good at that. And then Hot Fuzz was like the cop drama, um, like like uh, Bad Boys with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and shit. And it was a take on a, a buddy cop uh comedy drama movie and it was brilliant and uh the world's end uh, i guess a spoof about uh, the world's end and and uh aliens or some shit so now he's doing a heist movie so kevin spacey is in it and uh i used to not like kevin spacey i used to think that hi i'm kevin spacey in every movie but i you know what i i gotta hand it to kevin spacey he is a charming charismatic funny man and i really love him in these types of movies where he plays kind of a like a comedic winking role i just that wink to the camera love i love he's excellent at that so in it i guess it's it's a it's a spoof on all these uh ryan gosling drive type movies where people are loving you know the the um the chase movies the getaway car movies and then a heist movie at the same time and people are just raving about it so i cannot wait to go see that so that is my recommendation of the week that's just, i'll start a new segment right now the recommendation of the week is baby driver i may not recommend another movie for several months i don't watch movies anymore i don't know about you guys uh, you guys i don't know about you guys but movies suck i know that's a blanket statement but it's true. Movies uh, suck. And it's it's actually not that far off from reality, not just my opinion. It's just all of the good writing, it has gone into television. 
So basically, people go where um, where the money is, and no, you know what? Let me let me rephrase that. People don't go where the money is. Uh, writers go where the freedom is. Um, Hollywood goes where the money is. And where the money is right now in movies is fucking superhero movies. Let's do another superhero movie. We ran out of superheroes. Well, let's just remake a superhero movie. Batman, we've done Batman three times. Let's make it a fourth time. New Batman. Who was the Ben Affleck? Well, now it's fucking, you know, Orville Redenbacher. He's the new Batman. (laughs) I think he's dead. (laughs) I think he's dead. That'd be a bad Batman choice. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. He's the new Batman. Batman, he's gay now and he can dance and uh, he hosts the Tony Awards. That's who That's who Batman is. It's just over and over again, the superheroes. They're going, they're getting into the weirdest thing. Doctor Strange. I haven't watched that one yet. Apparently it's pretty good. But Doctor Strange, really? Did anyone even read a Doctor Strange comic book? Has that ever happened? You know, Spider-Man, Captain America, Batman, Superman, I get that shit. Captain Strange, Captain Strange, Doctor Strange, and now Wonder Woman. Apparently Wonder Woman's got great reviews. And you know what? Big ups to the ladies. I'm not going to disparage Wonder Woman. Not here in the Toyota Prius recording studio. Because I feel your pain, ladies. It's hard hard in this, this, especially this superhero-dominated fucking movie world. You know, women are still playing damsels in distress or having bit roles or, you know, they're as, oh, look, this girl kind of likes Thor. Here, Natalie Portman, here's your role. Oh, but she's sassy. Good for her. Wonder Woman, at least she's like, she's a fucking beast. She's an ass kicker, you know, and it's nice. It's nice that a lady is is carrying a movie and doing and, and the audience is going out in droves to see it is rated very highly. Way to go. I'm, I'm really glad. There was a lot of pressure on them, to be fair. I was really glad they didn't drop the ball in this Wonder Woman thing. Most of the superhero movies are pretty garbage. So I, I really didn't think they had much of a shot at uh, a decent Wonder Woman movie. Um, but they apparently have pulled it off. When I saw, actually, the, the movie people didn't like Superman versus Batman, whatever that was called, I actually liked the Wonder Woman character a lot in that, and I thought, oh, maybe maybe they do have a chance, and they did. They did a good job with that. So good for them. Good for girl power. Girl power, everybody. We need more vehicles for ladies. That's what Hollywood needs. But back to the reason that movies suck is that uh, they are all superhero movies. They're variations of it. Edgar Wright should write a spoof on the superhero movie. I'll tell you what. That's what he should do next. Maybe I should do that. I'm a writer. I should fucking do it. I will do it. Edgar Wright, don't you take my movie. You're doing enough. That's my movie, Edgar Wright. But what it is is writers go where they have the freedom to go. And ever since The Wire, the epic wire, and the the advent of uh cable channels like there's with the amcs and the showtimes and the what hbo's and all that shit there is there's so much more room for uh for television content and luckily they're pumping money into the television because it's making it's making money so they're pumping is it, it it's bound to be ruined soon but for the moment the great writers are all writing television because they have the freedom to do what they want. And it's it's the golden age of TV, as I've said many times on this podcast. But what that does is 
Uh, there are no there are no writers in Hollywood, and and there can't be. Every fucking movie is either uh, Transformers, uh, Fast and the Furious, or or a superhero movie. It is we're literally scraping the bottom of the barrel right now. It's about to bottom out. People will eventually stop going to see the same fucking movie over and over again. And uh, what will happen is there'll be a revamp of movies. Uh, studios will, will court really good writers. They'll pay the writers to do things, and they'll leave those fucking writers alone. That's the number one thing. that That's what writers need. They need to be left alone so that they can do it instead of some Hollywood executive coming in and going, whoa, what superpower does he have? Well, he, he doesn't have a superpower. This is about uh, the blacklist in the 60s. Uh, well, we don't want to see that shit. Give him X-ray vision. So when they suck all the talent from television to go back into movies, uh, then TV will go downhill and movies will go up. That's how this shit works. And uh, I'll probably miss the boat on that, too. I'll, I'll, I'm always missing the boat. I miss the stand-up boom, which has just happened. I'm still a nobody stand-up. So if I, if I had had any kind of fucking popularity or fame, I'd have like three Netflix specials right now. They'd give me like $20 million, but I missed it. So, and, and uh, TV, I, I'm just starting to get into writing television. So I'll probably, I'll probably get some good jobs in TV when TV turns to shit. And then I'll try to get involved in movies and I'll miss that fucking boat. That's an old boat missing Benny. The Egyptian boat misser. All right. I got to go upstairs and watch Westworld. I'm really, I feel like I'm, I'm only half talking to you guys because I'm, I'm thinking about Westworld. But here's, I will say this. There's nothing perfect, all right? There's, the show isn't perfect. Breaking Bad is not perfect. Everyone talks about how great Breaking Bad is. And I'm one of those people, I, I loved the show. I really did. But I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before, but I really thought that they fucked up the end of it. Honest to God, I know... It ended well. Like, I think what happened was um, Vince Gilligan, he trusted his writing staff too much. He always says, I couldn't have come to the ending that I came to without my writing staff. We went in a direction I could never have conceived of. It's like, well, maybe you should have stuck with your own conceptions there, buddy. Gilligan, you're a fucking genius, man. And uh, I think Better Call Saul is going much more uh, appropriately because I think it's more Vince Gilligan's complete vision i think he trusts himself enough that uh now i mean look what the fuck do i know i mean the guy's a goddamn genius if he thinks he needed the help of his writers then maybe he did it's just i felt it was building to a nice crescendo in breaking bad uh they were talking like the international drug dealers remember like that that lady she was like the liaison to um to the European drug market or something. They're like the big banks over in Europe that were also drug dealers, something something like that. And I'm like, oh, Walter White, when, when he dies, he's going to take down all these huge conglomerates and it's going to be, it's kind of going to be a win-win. Like Walter White will have gotten to be the badass, but he'll also disrupt the world's heroin trade. Uh, no, meth, sorry, the world's meth trade because he'll take down all these big players who think he's nobody. You know, but then it sort of devolved into... Like Nazis, some kind of fire. All of a sudden, there was all these Nazis at the end of it, and then Walter White had to go around killing a pile of Nazis. It was like, like what? What? What happened? We were building a crescendo. Where did these fucking Nazis come from? And it was all introduced in the last season. No build upon that. Like, like the girl 
who was the liaison to the to the European banks. You know, there was all that. Uh, look, think about all the fucking under undercurrent right there. The the European banks. You know, the fucking the banking system of the world who are worse than the meth dealers. In fact, they are the meth dealers. You know, and it's all just about greed. And then Walter White, one man. You know, he could take it all. You know what I mean? Think that. Oh, listen how good that sounds. If only they, Vince Gilligan, had had me in the writing room to be like, why are we fucking, why are we talking about a bunch of Nazis in prison all of a sudden? You know, they were building all that. Like, that was all related to Gus, the chicken man, and and uh, and, and the, the, the DEA and everything. It was all building perfectly to that. And then they just took like a left turn. It was it was almost like they they needed to end it quickly, which I know they didn't because God knows the the network was throwing money at them. Anyway, that's my gripe with Breaking Bad. I always thought it would have been much more satisfying if it had continued to build from Gus, the chicken man, and continued on in that seemingly that storyline that they were headed towards, which was the uh that chick being the, you know, the in between, the big guys. And uh, Walter White, you know, but instead it really, it became about her. It's like, no, no, she's the in-between. And then these Nazis fucking anyway. That's just me. And Westworld, here's my problem with Westworld. Fucking J.J. Abrams. And don't get me wrong, the guy's guy's a fucking, he's he's a, he's a beast. A beast of a creative force. He knows, he knows what he's doing. He, He knows how to entertain an audience. But like Lost, which he also did, it's always got to be some fucking, you know, woo, woo, what's there, they're always talking about this is not a spoiler for anyone, by the way, in case you want to watch Westworld. It's, um, he's always talking about a maze. Oh, what's the maze? We've got to find the maze. And it's all these, it's just this mystery and everyone's got to solve it all. The, and every, and there's always this unraveling, like fucking Lost was like that. It was good for like a season or two, but then it just kept... Oh, and what does this mean? There are numbers. There are numbers in the mine shaft, or whatever the fuck it was about. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just. Uh, stop trying to have this complicated unraveling all the time, and it, it just to me, it's a little derivative. Okay, uh, guys, it's a little derivative. All right, of, uh, it, but it is. You know, it's just. I I think the concept was strong enough on its own to have all these moral you know, philosophical arguments, you know, about they're talking about who you really are when you go to this place because the humans can't get hurt, but the androids can get hurt. So the androids are kind of slaves and they don't really know they're slaves, but they get abused nice and serious like. And um, people, you just see the way people really are when they show up and there are no consequences to their actions. And I was like, oh, this is fucking, yeah, this is intriguing. Let's and and then there's you know the analogies of course to the to the old west and the analogies to the to the Native Americans and what happened to them and I thought you, this can get very deep and then all of a sudden now it's about chasing some kind of maze you know it's like oh uh, well what does this mean oh here's another clue and it it starts to ring reminiscent of this lost like oh what is this clue who's this person from the island where did this guy come from you know just that little. Bleh. Anyway, I'm only like four episodes in, so let's give him some leeway. I, I love that. I mean, J.J. Abrams is great on his own. There, when you get involved with HBO, I you know, and the heavy hitter, fucking Anthony Hopkins and shit, you know, it's good. I really hate recording 
in the Prius in the new spot because I'm those of you who are longtime listeners of the podcast, you know that the exit door to the parking garage is right next to our new fucking spot. And some lady just stood right next to the car trying to open the door. And she I didn't notice her until she was right up on the door and she looked in at me and she was smiling, kind of like a mocking smile because I'm holding a microphone. Well, you know what? Fuck you, lady. She was probably laughing at my analysis of Westworld. Maybe you out there are laughing at my analysis of Westworld. Well, let me tell you something. All right? I have opinions that I don't mind spouting. You know what, lady? You're better off. You're better off hearing what I, what I thought of Westworld. You go home. She's going to go home and tell her book club or her bridge club. She just seems like that kind of lady. She's in a, one of those types of clubs. You're going you're gonna to talk about Westworld. Oh, you know what I think it is? I think it's a little derivative of J.J. Abrams and his, his chase of the ethereal. You know. What, did you hear that in the fucking parking garage? Coming out of a Prius? Yes. Yes, I did. All right, I got to go now. I've been embarrassed to, my, to the end of my pocket. I, you know what? That's me, though. Most things in life, I end them by being embarrassed. So go about your day, um, go watch Baby Driver, and then uh, tell me tell me what you think of it, and uh, I will also go watch it, and I'll tell you what I think of it. Go watch Westworld, and uh, let me know what you think of that. 